0: watching after me, watching over me, meeting me at every point of need, supplying all that I need. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor for me and tell your neighbor, it's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you. It's good to see you in church. It's good to see you. Uh, Let me ask your neighbor, I was last week, okay you you know you just do this for me tell your neighbor the highlight of last week what was the highlight the major highlight of last week yeah tell your neighbor not me tell your neighbor just don't be afraid of your neighbor just talk yeah (laughs) what was the highlight of last week for you the most significant thing that happened some people are looking straight they're behaving like newborn babies. Who didn't hear this last week? <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. The highlight of my own week was for TISO 2.0. We had a powerful teaching weekend here. Over the last weekend, this, last, this, this weekend, it was just very eye-opening, very powerful, great time of teaching and then listening to God's word. You know, when the teacher goes back to school, it's a different experience. And I've had to sit through a number of sessions of teachings of God's word. And I've been blessed tremendously since Friday. Uh, I've taught one or two sessions of FOTIZO. My wife also taught, Then I guess Pastor Chintok also taught some sessions of FOTIZO. And we've been speaking to the subject of the spirit of prophecy. Yeah. You know, if you're on social media, especially Instagram, there's one song that's called Spirit of Prophecy. Yeah, it's a Yoruba song. And some people thought that was what Spirit of Prophecy is about. Welcome to church. (laughs) Well, I'm only speaking to people on Facebook and Instagram. They're the ones that may know the song that I'm talking about alright uh, the spirit of prophecy I want to encourage you to get the messages of the series of this whole weekend they're going to transform your life We're going to leave some of those also on YouTube for you to watch but I want you to rush there I know you may have a plan this week to binge watch a series on Netflix or watch a free movie on YouTube direct that data in the right direction. The direction that has eternal value. Yeah. That thriller, that movie that you're planning to watch may, you know, excite you and entertain you for now, but what's its value eternally? But the Word of God, the Bible says, is, is, is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierce into the asunder of, you know, bone and marrow, the intent of the heart of men. It can straighten us up to attain to our prophetic destinies. And that will be your own testimony in the precious name of Jesus. Praise God. So I'm blessed and privileged to bring you this last teaching of Futizo 2.0. And if you're joining us online, I want to welcome you very specially. I wanted to take distractions away from you and, uh, and make, sure, make up your mind that you're going to be blessed in this service in Jesus precious name somebody say a better amen. amen I've titled this one living in prophetic advantage living in prophetic advantage I want to start out by describing something that I feel each and every one of us must come to like are many things we said over this weekend that I believe you should plug into as an individual so that you can see God's work in your life pan out. One thing about Christ that was so intriguing was that not only uh, uh, was his life prophesied but also He lived out every prophecy, fulfilled every prophecy. You know, it's one thing for things to have been prophesied about your life and you did not live to see the fulfillment of that prophecy. So like Pastor Chintok was saying in the last service about the fact that when Jesus was 12, he went into the temple they were supposed to be traveling. They went for a feast and then he escaped from the caravan and went into the synagogue and sat with teachers of the law of Moses, with professors. And the Bible says he was interacting with them, asking them mind-boggling questions. One thing I was certain was that he knew that what was written in the book that they're studying was all about him the more inquiry he made as God in human flesh, who was also on some kind of journey of discovery at that age, the more the book was opened, the more he discovered himself. Up to the point where in Luke 4 and verse 18, he went into the temple, they handed over to him the book of Isaiah, and he opened to the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to do this, to do that, and to do that. And when he finished, which was, quote, I mean, reading from Isaiah, when he finished, he closed the book. And you know what he said? He said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. How sweet can that be? That you know the mind of God your life concerning your business concerning your family and you can at a specific point in time say i am walking in the fullness of god's plan for my life that's what it means to be able to say this day this thing that you are reading is now fulfilled in your uh, i mean in your presence Let me explain what I'm saying a little better. How many football lovers are here? Can I see a show of hands? You know, in our church, today is Jesse Sunday. Yeah, so the young people there are wearing all kinds of jerseys, representing their club. Um, How many football lovers are here? Can I see a show of hands? Yeah, not many of them are in church today. But I have a critical mass, enough for this illustration. Um, I was busy over the weekend, so I didn't follow the... Premiership. Who won or lost yesterday? Are you still present? I'm just trying to test what you claim to be. Huh? Arsenal won. Chelsea won. Praise God. you won. Oh no. Alright. Uh, <laughs> but this is where I'm going. As we were watching the match yesterday... If you are really a fan, what happens is that you are anticipating that maybe Arsenal will win or Chelsea will win, if a man, you fan, you know, the devil. Um, I mean, that's what they call the red devil. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's leave that one for another day. So that nobody feels condemned in the presence of God. Follow your club easily, no problem. Yeah. Or gunners showing gun to everybody. Uh, God is seeing you. But let's leave that for another for the sake of people who don't follow football. This is what I'm saying. As we were watching yesterday, at some point, especially when you are watching a match that a lot is at stake, maybe you have staked some money. All the gamblers say amen. (laughs) Nobody said amen. That means this is a good place to be. All right. Maybe you have to take some money. And the match was going on. And somebody was getting close to scoring. Where they are not supposed to score. So that your money will not go in the wrong direction. I hope you understand what I'm saying. You know how you'll be feeling at that time. That's the time where all of a sudden you'll just be kicking the ball. No, don't go go, go back. You know, there are some people that are so animated when they're watching football, that they will be editing, they will be doing all kinds of things, and it's because they're anticipating something. Now, think about it. When you watch a match that you have seen before, do you still do the same? Are you that animated? Are you that agitated? This is the point I'm trying to make. One of the foremost prophetic advantage for a believer Is to be able to say. I am who God says I am. I can have what God says I can have. According as it has been written concerning me. In the books. I've come to fulfill destiny. I'm not agitated about how things are going to turn out. Are you still with me today? That's why the Bible says. In Romans 8 and verse 28. For we know. That all things work together. For the good of them that love God. Put that on the screen for me. For the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. When you look at the end of it, it is his purpose, not your purpose. His purpose. That's why God was speaking in Isaiah 46. Uh, he says, My counsel shall stand, I will do my pleasure, I will fulfill my own purpose. It's only one person that can talk like that. When you talk, when I talk, I say, I will say, if it is the will of God or by God's grace. There's only one person that can say, my counsel shall stand and I will do my good will. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from the ancient time, things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my good pleasure. This is what it means to be prophetic. And God is the one in charge of the end and the beginning. It's called the Alpha and the Omega. He's very interested in both Alpha and Omega. Many people, I mean, some people listen to me right now. You're in the middle age. You're no longer at Alpha. You're already getting close to Omega. Omega. But if your life has been going the wrong direction, you will not reach the right omega. You are at a point where you need the redemptive capacity of God to redeem your pathway so that you will land at the right omega. I don't know if you're following me today. And some people are still young. You are still at alpha. But you are living anyhow. You are not prophetic in your disposition. You are not pursuing what is God's purpose. What is God's will? And how can I live in the reality of it on a day-to-day basis? And if you are not living like that, you are misplacing your priority in the alpha stage. And God delights so much that you and I reckon with him in the alpha stage of our lives. That's why Proverbs 3 and verse number 6 says that in all your ways, he said in all your ways, Acknowledge him and he will direct your path in all your ways. This is how to seek to be prophetic. That I want to acknowledge him in all of my ways so that I can direct my path. A prophetic Christian is the one that is more fixated on God's agenda, God's purpose, than my feeling and my preference. My feeling and my preference. My feeling and my preference are not as important when you compare it with God's purpose, God's agenda. God's purpose, God's agenda. Alright, so don't forget we're talking about living in prophetic advantage. Ephesians 5, let's read from verse 15, New Living Translation. Ephesians 5, verse 15. All that I've said so far is to bring you up to speed in certain understanding of the things that we have discussed over a period of time. Ephesians 5 and uh, verse 15. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Look at verse 16. Go go ahead for me quickly. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Are we really in evil days? Uh, Can I hear you well? Nobody needs to interpret that. Yeah. And He said, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Next verse. Don't act out. Church, help me read today. Don't act out. He said, don't act thoughtlessly. If you have a paper Bible, that's a good place to underline. Yeah. So that after now, that thoughtlessness, you will meditate on it more. To say, where have I been thoughtless? Where have I been anything good? Unless you know, way you can live your life that you know that decision, uh, it can either go left or right. Anyone, 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 anyone. There's no better way to get outside of God's prophetic calendar for your life than to live anyhow, thoughtless, thoughtless about critical issues of destiny, thoughtless. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Can you hear me? Ask your neighbor, do you understand what the Lord wants you to do? Concerning your health. Concerning your marriage. Concerning that project. Concerning that partnership. Do you really understand what the Lord wants you to do? glory be Jesus. Uh, uh Mr. Scripture bring you back. Yeah. We are not done. Praise God. Verse 18 says don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. <laughs> Instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Wine there simply talks about stimulants or anything that seeks to derail your thought pattern or suspend your mind so you can have fun while the problem persists, rather than focusing on the issue that you want God to resolve. Wine there speaks to anything that makes you inadvertently sidestep the will of God and still move on in life as if nothing has happened. Yeah. Because wine can be a wrong counsel. one can be you know, a stimulant it can be drugs, it can be anything at all, it can be anything that just stimulates. One can be excessive watching of movies <laughs> because that's a way of li- making you live in cloud 10, where you are no longer aware-, aware of the critical issues of your life, but you are looking for the next fun. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying today. Yeah. So don't be drunk with things that can suspend. Your capacity to reason with God. Yeah. Don't be too fool. Don't, don't allow things get your attention that take your attention away from God. Yesterday, at the end of uh, the, the, the last session of FOTISO, yesterday, God led us to pray about, um, about desires. I wrote it down somewhere. He led us to pray. And uh, it was was very interesting when God brought that to my mind, and God was tearing my heart about it, even for I mean, this service. Yeah. He said we should break the hold of strange desires. Strange desires. For you to walk in God's plan for your life and be prophetic. I mean, seeking to line up with what has been written concerning you, one of the things you need to be able to deal with is strange desires. These strange desires move you away from the will of God. Yeah, moves you away from the will of God. It just generally takes you away from what should be important to you. Is somebody still here? I said, is somebody still here? Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about when it comes to strange desires. I want to read to you, I'm digressing for the sake of one person. Somebody here, uh, this, this message itself is becoming prophetic right now because this one that I'm saying now, I'm directing it to somebody here. It's literally as if you are pulling it out of my spirit. Judges 13, when you read from verse 2 down to 5 in the New King James Version, put it up for me. The Bible says, now there was a certain man from Zara of the family of the, uh, uh, the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, indeed now you are barren and have and are born no children, but you shall conceive. And bear a son. Now look at this. It says now therefore. Please be careful. Please be careful. Not to drink wine. Or similar drink. And not to eat anything unclean. For behold. You shall conceive and bear a son. And no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb and shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. This is God foretelling the life of a child that has been waited for, that they've waited for. And in God's prophetic calendar... This child is supposed to be a deliverer for Israel. At this point, in modern day issues, Israel was like Ukraine, where the Philistines were like Russia. (laughs) I'm just using for a good example. In fact, it was more terrible than that because Philistines came perennially or more, I mean, periodically or frequently. And ravaged Israel. And took all that belongs to them. And dealt with them rudely. Yeah. And God said. I'm sending someone. But Manuel, You have waited. I'm sending that person through your wife. But these are the things that you need to do. So that the destiny of this child can be Preserved. And the child can fulfil God's agenda, not your own agenda. But for the operation of strange desires, a prophetic child became a victim of the prophecy. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Time will not permit me today to go through, you know, all the scriptures in the book of Judges, but you know what happened to. Uh, uh, Samson the parents did their part in this case actually because the, the woman did not touch you know, strong drink or anything and they kept his hair like God said but when Samson became a man one of the things he asked his parents about is that he wanted a wife from the people that he was supposed to be killing strange desire somebody say i'm still here, Stay here. strange desire one of the things that like, like i said that can derail one from operating in prophetic advantage is strange desire i don't know what i'm seeking to today but this today's message and this service marks the end of the season, where strange desires would derail you from your destiny, but well, I cannot hear a, a good amen to that. Amen. Something started to gravitate towards <laughs> some strange desire in women. Out of all the women in Israel, of different size and color, and all that, and disposition. Samson did not find anyone until he landed on the laps of Delilah. Somebody says, strange desire. Somebody, as I'm speaking right now, the Holy Ghost is bearing witness with your spirit that you need to check your life for strange desires. When God wants to bless a man or a woman, he starts to put some desires in your heart that steers you in the line of purpose and destiny. When the devil wants to derail and damage the destiny of a person, he starts to put some strange desires in your heart that will steer you in the wrong direction. Yeah. You just realize that you are rebelling against some things. You are a rebel without a cause. Yeah. Somebody just feels like not going to church again. The moment you feel it and you accept it, you will be seeing and hearing about all the pastors that are misbehaving. Yeah. And how church people are hypocrites. Yeah. And all the bad things are happening in churches. And the devil will organize it. You'll get in the midst of your friends, that's what they will be discussing. You will go online, you just see a post. Pastor impregnates church member. Yeah. Everything will just be adding up. Yeah. You just see, you know, all kinds of things. That's all you'll be seeing. Until it gets to a point you just make up your mind. I've said it. I've said it. What is it? You know, God is not hard. I don't have to be a part of I, I pray in my heart. Yeah, I pray in my heart. And God knows the people that are serving him. God is hypocrites. All of you. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody are serving him. I see people coming up with all kinds of things. Yeah. So it's important that you walk with God to be able to stand against anything that will stop you from enjoying a prophetic advantage, walking in the fullness of God's plan for your life. Don't not living thoughtlessly. Not living as if God has no plan for your life. Because the Bible says, for you to enjoy the best of God, even when bad things seem to be happening, God, the sovereign God, who says, my counsel shall stand, I declare the end from the beginning. That God can make everything work together for your good. You know, the beauty of God's plans and purposes is that the devil has a part to play in it. There was a part to play in it. So you read... um, Maybe Mark chapter 1 and all that. And you read about about John the Baptist and Christ. John was prophesying about himself. The same thing you see in in John chapter 3. When you read from maybe about... uh, Maybe verse 27 or so. uh, John was talking about... I'm not, you know... I'm the voice of the one. uh, in The wilderness. Saying... Uh, In John 3 and 27 says a man can receive nothing except it's given from above. Verse 28, go on go on quickly. Verse 28 uh, it says uh, you yourself bear witness that I said I'm not the Christ but I've been I've been sent before him he uh, he who has the bride is the bridegroom but the friend of the bridegroom uh, who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of John was saying look I know who I am I know who I'm not. And I'm going to honor, you know, the one who God has called. And, you know, and celebrated Jesus is causing. Because being prophetic will reduce pressure on your life. You'll not be comparing yourself with people unnecessarily. Yeah. But this is where I'm going. John saw Jesus. And he said, behold the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world just speaking prophetically because God can use you in, in, I think in second service or so today, our first service, how God can use you to speak into people's lives. You can get the message. John was confirming the things that Jesus already knew. The Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. In the days of Jesus, if you call somebody a lamb who took away the sins of the world, it meant that the person was going to be killed because for you to offer a lamp, a a sacrificial lamp, you have to cut it and shed the blood. Then the blood covers your sin. That's the operation of the Old Testament. Jesus' blood was shed so that our sins can be remitted completely and totally. So from everything, everyone knew that Jesus was going to die by prophecy. How he was going to die has to be an operation of the devil. God needs the devil to carry that one out. That's why I said... Even in the prophetic agenda of God, everybody has an assignment. Yeah. That's why when the devil shows up and you know that God is at work in your life and you know you are part of Romans 8 and verse 28, you are not agitated. You are living in the prophetic advantage. I'm going to explain a few things before I close here. You are not agitated. Yeah. It's just going to make the story sweeter. The people are agitated at people who don't understand what God is doing in their lives. Yeah. All things. Some of those things may not be good. It didn't say all good things. If it's good, it will always work together. Yeah. The reason why this scripture is written is that some things will not be good, but they will still work together. Because at that critical juncture, the devil is doing his work so that God can be glorified. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, when you go to the next verse, it shows that God has a plan. It says, For whom he did for new, he knew me before I was born. So there's, there's, there's something that God has in mind for my life, and that's why I have to be prophetic to walk in it. For whom he did for new, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. What, what, what's all this talking about? Saying that God has a pre-knowledge of you. God doesn't work accidentally. Yeah. Somebody here maybe listen to me right now and you feel you're not even a Christian when you married your wife. You didn't pray at all. You just met her, you know, at the student union building or something like that. Or you just met her at the bus stop and it was raining, and um, she had an umbrella on, and you asked her if you can come under her umbrella, and she said, I don't mind, and you started talking, and then you realize that there's chemistry, and before you know it, you started dating, and then you got married, and after many years, uh, maybe you got saved, and she got saved, and you are wondering, uh, because we didn't pray, we didn't do anything, could that have been the will of God? Yeah. Before you knew how to pray, God already knew you. Yeah. Before you knew how to think, God already knew you. And he had a foreknowledge of you, so he preordained certain things to happen in your life. Some of those things would look Terrible. They will look like you didn't plan it. They will look like outside of your own control. What God is saying is that the moment you step into my control and accept me to rule and reign over your life, even the things that you thought you didn't have any control over, I can bring them under control so that they can still all work together for your good. Are you still with me today? Depends on how open your heart to it. How open. Yeah. How open. It's a recalcitrant nature that frustrates prophecy over our lives. Yeah. Because there's nothing God can do about a heart that is hardened. Or somebody who has chosen to live thoughtlessly. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. So, God speaks to his children to provide direction. Restoration, renewal of hope, change of season. These are all the different things that we can see and interact with as we start to allow God to speak into our lives. We learned over the weekend that the most potent prophecy over any believer's life is the word of God. Yeah. It's the word of God. According to Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 19, it says we have. A more sure word of prophecy in that you do well that you take heed. You take heed as light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Many people are looking for a word from God when you already have the word. I hope you are following me. Yeah, I'm going somewhere quickly and I'll start to tidy this up. Looking for a word from God when you already have the written word. The most sure prophecy is the written word of God. When you live by it, you will be walking into prophetic agenda, you know, without knowing. Because God starts to order your steps. You can't be disobeying God's word consistently and waiting for a word to come from externally. To now come and reshape you. The first word they are supposed to pay attention to. To shape your life. uh, The Bible says no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation. Only men speak as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The word itself was put together prophetically. And it has eternal value. To continue to shape destinies and direct people's lives. Are you still with me today? Is somebody still here? And it's true this word. The Bible says "Sent his word and redeemed them you know, from all their destructions. Uh, whether it's the prophecy of the scripture or the things that you know, as we have talked about this weekend, by revelation, by all kinds of understanding, by God reaching out to you and revealing things to you in your dream, by the word that you hear in church and all trances, enabled by the Holy Spirit for you, everything putting together will start to shape how you see yourself. But I wanted to know that God speaks to His children for direction, for restoration, uh, for renewal of hope, and for change of season. Change of season. That's why somebody who has been in a season that is frustrating, that has held you down, you need to understand one thing: that when the word of God comes to you, it can release you from an old season into a new season, if you will cooperate. With that word. Uh, Let me read. This scripture as I start to. To wrap up. uh, Gradually. First. uh, Second Kings chapter six. Second Kings chapter six. From verse number one. Quickly. Second Kings chapter six from verse number one. The Bible says. And the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, see now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us please let us go to the jordan and let every man take a beam from there let us make there a place where we may dwell so he said go this is what i'm saying here and i'm going to read a little further so please don't take it away God steers my heart and your heart in the right direction. All he wants is for us to always check the direction with him. Elisha here represents God, quote unquote, in this situation. They felt a need to expand, to go bigger, to extend beyond where they were. And they went to meet Elisha and said, this is what we want to do. Should we go? He said, Go. When you pray, God wants to put a nudging in your heart about certain things. Without a strong life of prayer, you cannot be prophetic in your disposition. Why do we pray? We pray because we want to tap into the wealth of knowledge of the all-knowing, the one that is omniscient. You can't have a God, your father, who is omniscient and be wallowing in confusion. It just doesn't add up. Doesn't add up. Doesn't add up. You can't have a God who is omnipotent, all-powerful, and you need his power to push through certain issues of destiny, and you are stranded. It doesn't add up. It means that you are out of sync prophetically somehow. You can't have a God who is, you know, omnibenevolent, who is super good, and always merciful, and you allow the devil to hold you back thinking, that you don't qualify or, or holding on to condemnation so that you cannot access the omnibenevolent God. These guys freely went to Elisha and just said, look, this is what we want to do. And they said, go. And then, no, they said, no, we want a prophetic advantage. Yeah. So they said, the, the one said, please consent to go with your servant. And he said, I will go. And you see, all through the scriptures, you see a place where God will say, I am with you. Yeah. David caught that revelation in Psalm 23. And verse number four, speaking to the fact that God said, "Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. For you are what? Are you still here, somebody? He said, for you are with me. You are with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You are with me. I need to have that at the back of my mind that God is always with me. God is always there. I need to take advantage of that presence. These sons of the prophet, they took advantage of the divine presence. Will you go with us? I said, no, I consent to go with you. When they got into trouble, God was already one step ahead of them because he was with them. Yeah as they were attempting to do stuff, some people, you get on a project. It's not when you get into trouble that you start to pray. You pray, Jesus said, pray that you enter not into temptation. Yeah. You pray so that some things have been credited into your heavenly account. God has gone ahead of you to order your steps prophetically. Yeah. And you wake up in the morning, you're thinking about, you know, Thoughts of what God has in mind for you for the day, for the season, to the point that His thought fills your mind and it guides you. It directs you. You just know what to do. You just made up your mind I'm not going to walk without God. I'm not going to live without Him. I'm not going to just do my own thing. There are too many Christians today who are extremely casual about their work with God to the point that you just do what comes to mind, just live anyhow. You don't ask the right questions. You know, you don't talk to God about the things that are supposed to be most important, most vital to you. You see, when you live that way, that's what Ephesians uh, 5 and verse 16, 17 says, you're being thoughtless. When you're thoughtless and vague, strange desires abound in the world today. You become a candidate for strange desires when you are not intentional about the thoughts that you take or allow concerning specific issues of life. To be prophetic or to enjoy prophetic advantage, ladies and gentlemen, you must accept the word of God as the number one raw material for your thought life. Can I say that one more time? Yeah. To enjoy prophetic advantage as a child of God, you must accept the word of God as the first and foremost primary, number one source of raw material for your thought life. So I think, and I want my thought to be in line with the word of God. I think it was Pastor chin that was speaking yesterday and said, you know, some people feel like it's only when you are thinking right, that you should be thinking with God. How do I mean? Lord, um, you know, so it's like I'm praying and meditating. Lord, uh, I know you want to use me to bless somebody this week. Uh, I want you to guide me and direct me to that person that I need to maybe bail out or help with something. That's a good prayer, right? What what about, Lord, my mind has been strained lately. And I think I'm getting attracted to that sister. I don't know what we're going to do about it. And you know that she's not my wife, so I think I need help. Yeah. And your word says that I should not yield to youthful loss. The word says I should flee every appearance of evil. I need you to help me to flee. Is that a prayer? Does God feel feel dishonored for me to be bringing this kind of prayer or thought to him? I cannot hear you. Is he glorified by it? Because this is how we build real relationship. This is how we show vulnerability with God. And this is how we can guarantee that he will guide us such that strange desires will not take us away from his prophetic calendar for our lives. You know, God is the one person that you can discuss anything with, even things you cannot discuss with your spouse. Yeah. And you will be shocked how God will guide you through it and hold you up through it to the end that you just realize that a season of very intense temptation has just passed and you are unscathed because you allow God to lead you through it. That will be your testimony from now. I said that will be your testimony from now in the precious name of Jesus My God will guide you through the major issues of your life. You will no longer be stranded. In the name of Jesus. Let me drop these three things with you and I'll close. Dimensions of prophetic living. Very quickly. The first one is the readiness to follow prophetic direction without reservation, to follow prophetic direction without reservation. That you feel something so strongly in your heart. That you have read something from the word of God that the Bible says, for instance, that you should forgive. See, see, if you have not been wronged before, you won't know how difficult it is to forgive. But when you hear a voice in your heart, God speaking to you, it's time to let go. It's time to let go. That is prophetic because it aligns with the word of God. The word of God is a prophetic document. So when God is shaping your values with his word, he's trying to align you with your destiny. So when he says it's time to let go, let go because if you refuse to let go, you are go in the wrong direction. Are you still with me today? Yeah, you are go in the wrong direction. That's what will happen. Because somebody is waiting for a prophet or for a stranger to meet you on the road and say, that fight must end now. If not, you will have an accident next week. Yeah, that's when some people believe that, oh, I met a prophet today. No, the word of God is your first private prophet that is speaking into your life. And when it says, you know, in Numbers chapter 9, when you read from like verse 15, time will not permit to you know read it, but you can read it for verse 15 to 19. The Bible says, When God was leading Israel out of the wilderness, he operated with them very, in a very prophetic and pungent manner like traffic lights. It was the pillar of fire by day, uh, pillar of cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. And at night, it will show up and cover them. And they will not move until that pillar moves or the cloud moves. That speaks to daily following God in my thoughts and aligning it with the word of God so that when I get to the office tomorrow and the Holy Spirit is saying or speaking through my conscience and saying you just opened that I mean the email you just opened is a stinker you read it you are angry and it says don't respond because somebody just abused your father and mother literally and you are supposed to send thunder to fire the grandparents as in the caliber of anger that you have right now. That's that's the kind of thing through email, you just send that thunder. You know, some people can send an email when you read it, it's like thunder just struck you. Yeah. So when you when you open that kind of email and the Holy Spirit says no, don't respond. Your refusal and insisting and being obstinate to respond, literally speaking, is you. Working out of a prophetic agenda of God for your life. I'm telling you the truth. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. So, just like God will appear to Israel and say, stop. It's not time to move. It's time to go. It's time to stop. And they lived like that. And God preserved them in the wilderness where they, don't, they didn't have any compass. They didn't know how to move. And some of us feel like we have the compass of destiny in our hands. So you can do it. You can move anyhow. Can you hear me tell your neighbor, stop moving anyhow? Yeah. The second dimension is the understanding of times and seasons. There's a daily dimension. There's a dimension of times and seasons where you know which season of life you are in. God is giving you an idea of the season of life that you're in. And that season starts to shape how you reason, how you behave, what you pay attention to, and all that. You know, in the first dimension, it talks about your to-do list. In the second dimension, it speaks to medium to long-term plan. That God is literally working it with you and giving you an understanding of what to prepare for, for the season ahead. You know, you, you, you can think you are getting it right with to-do list, but if you don't understand the season that you are in, everything may not add up in front. Am I am I communicating today? Yeah. You can go to work and do the same thing that you have always done. How you plan your week? I move this way, I move that way. But in these days of disruption, your season may have changed. You're still doing the same thing, investing in the same thing, when God is already expecting that you have shifted based on the understanding that you have that your season the season of your business, the season of your family has changed. I was talking to someone recently whose child just uh, finished university 20, I mean, like age 20 going to 21. And, um, you know, a single mom, and she was she was just so much in pain about the kind of arguments they're having at home. And the fact that this boy was just in university has become recalcitrant, doesn't listen, he wants to do this, he wants to do that. So I said, okay, tell me about some of the issues. And then I was talking about, look, he, he, he wants to do dreads. Eh? Okay, tell me more. He said, pastor, and I'm not sure I'm not going to send him out of the house if he chooses to do it. I've told him not to do it. So I said, how old, tell me, how old is this boy again? She mentioned again. I said, don't give yourself hypertension. You have a man in your house. The season of your life of babying and dealing with infants that you can just tell anything, they will do it, it's over. You are using old syllables for a new exam. Yeah. Old syllabus for a new exam. I said, call for a meeting when you get home and sit with your son. What does this hair style that you want to do? What does it mean to you? And he will tell you, it's just one way I'm expressing myself. I said, madam, this hair is not about you. It's about your son. It's not going to be on your head. It's going to be on his head. Will you have preferred if he had brought cocaine home and said, this is what I want to be taking now. This is just here. I said, this boy can wake up two weeks' time and says, I don't even like this one again. And I cut it off. And because of that, you want to disown him. It's a long thing. You're on a long thing. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you are using the templates. You're still seeing this boy like a 12-year-old. He has finished university. He has started working. Very soon, he will leave your house. He said, hey, Pastor, he will leave? I said, he will leave. <laughs> this is how naive some parents can be. You know what she said? Do you mean it's okay for him to leave my house before he gets married? I said, yes. He's a man. I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. Yeah. I said, he's a man. He's not going to marry from your house. He's going to marry from his house. Yeah. In fact, if he stays for too long, there's people to push him, because that's what they call overparenting. Yeah. She, she said, "What about if it's my daughter we're talking about?" I said, "Your daughter can marry from your house, but if she chooses to get a place of our own after some time too, don't come against it. You know, in life, you can, <laughs> you can win an argument and lose a friend. That's why many parents are losing their children because we are fixated on the argument. We keep arguing about hair, and the child has cut off. There's nothing you say the child will not listen again because we disallow one thing that is so unimportant in the scheme of things. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that young people should just be looking anyhow. I, don't, I, don't, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. But if a, a young man wants to express himself in a certain way that is not a sin, what is your problem? Am I saying the truth today? Yeah. Because I have some of my friends here like that. I love their hair. And some of them are listening to me right now. I mean, I'm just preaching. I'm not necessarily holding brief for you. And I'm serious. Uh, uh, I want to balance what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows why they appear the way they appear. Yeah. For some, it's just self-expression. Some people are in creatives. Creative people look to, like to look weird. What do you want to do about it? No, that's the truth. It is an expression that's coming from inside. Somebody creates music that's making you shake and dance. And then he wants his hair to look somehow and you don't like it. That, that thing, that, where that thing is coming from is already affecting him. Not negatively, but positively. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Somebody is creative from within, as God created him, he wants to show that creativity on the outside. So, he doesn't want to look like everybody. Why is that a problem? Sorry, I digressed. (laughs) But I know this has helped somebody. Yeah. Because I, I, I really just feel... Like, you cannot live your life with an old syllabus. We have to be in tune with God, be in time, be in season. The last dimension of the prophetic, as I close, is the gift of the Spirit. If you get one of the messages of Otizo, you'll be able to, it'll get a bit more from that. Yeah, the gifts of the Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 12 talks about different kinds of gifts of the Spirit. So you have gone beyond just knowing the will of God for today and different things into, you know, operating the gift of the Spirit. And we'll discuss that further another day, some other time. But I want you to know that it's the will of God for you that you walk in the fullness of His will for your life. Your life will no longer be run by old syllables. In the name of the Lord Jesus, my God, will order your steps into the fullness of his will for your life. You will be on time. You will walk according to God's purpose. You will not be behind in matters of destiny in the name of Jesus. Rise on your feet, everyone. Rise on your feet, everyone. Rise on your feet, everyone. Are you blessed today? I said, are you blessed today? If you are blessed, I want you to put your hands together. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your two hands to God and say, Father, help me to understand the seasons of my life. Help me to understand the seasons of my life. Help me to understand the seasons of my life. Help me to understand the seasons of my life. Talk to God right now. Help me to understand the seasons of my life. Help me to understand the seasons of my life. First Chronicles 12 and 32 talks about the sons of Issachar. The Bible says they have understanding of time to know what Israel ought to do. When you start to have understanding of times and seasons, you will know what is going to happen in your industry. You will know what is ahead in your trade. Will you lift your hands and say, Father, give me understanding of times and seasons. Give me understanding of times and seasons. Give me understanding of how to position for financial safety in the future. Give me understanding, give me understanding, give me understanding. Somebody pray to God today. When you start to gain understanding of times and season, what will start to happen in your life is that you, just like Noah did, you will be able to build an ark today that will prevent you from a flood that is coming in the future. Many people are so thoughtless and vague about issues of life, they refuse to do the things they need to do today to be able to meet a challenge of the future. Will you pray today? Say, Father, give me understanding of the season that I am and the things that I need to do this season that will preempt a flood that is coming ahead of me. Whether it's a financial flood, relational flood, whatever kind of flood. Give me understanding of times and seasons that I may build the right arc for what is ahead of me. I I want that to be the prayer of your heart today. Speak to God right now. 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 Somebody, maybe you're newly married. You need to pray to God. Lord, give me an understanding of what to do this season. Prophetically. So that the years ahead of me. 10 years. 20 years from today. This home will still be standing and existing. Laid on the right foundation. Laid on the right foundation. Somebody pray and talk to God today. Talk to God today. God wants to guide you. He wants to guide you. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is a way of destruction. When we walk prophetically with God, allowing Him to breathe into our heart and guide us, we refuse to be drunk just with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. We start to see divine direction. We start to see move in our thought life and in the, in the area of our desires. The, the areas of our desires. God wants to walk through the desire of your heart to align your desire with his own desire. So will you say the second prayer with me today as we stand against every strange desire that will take you away from God's plans and purposes for your life. I want you to lift your voice and pray right now. Lift your voice and pray right now. Say in the name of Jesus, I stand against strange desires. Strange desires. Strange desires. Strange desires. Strange desires. Strange desires. I will not go to a place that God has not sent me. Strange desires. Sometimes a strange desire to a place. Strange desire for an object. Strange desires. A strange desire will not take you away from the path that God has marked for your career destiny. In the name of Jesus. You will not be seduced. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody pray today. Declare it, that your life will not turn out like that of Samson. You will fulfill prophecy. Prophecy will not work against you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We stand against strange desires. Strange desires in our family life. We break the hold of strange men and strange women. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody lift your voice and pray right now. Lift your voice and pray right now. We break the hold of strange men and strange women. Coming in the mix. Destroying homes. In the name of Jesus. Strange desires. Along our career path. Strange desires in business. Ah. You will not lay your hands on what God has not sent you. In the name of Jesus. Strange projects. That bring people to ground zero. That will not be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Somebody declare it, declare it right now. No strength projects. You will not run around aimlessly. My God blesses the work of your hand. In the name of Jesus. He orders every project into your hand. You will not take up strength projects. The devil will not find an in route into your finances. In the name of Jesus. Strange desire for strange investment. Will you pray against them in the name of Jesus that your resources will not go in the wrong direction? My God will order your steps, He will order your steps. We decree and declare that the hold of strange desires. It's broken in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Father, we bless your holy name. We give you glory and we give you praise. In the precious name of Jesus. With your hands to Jesus all over this place and just bless him bless him, bless him. Father, we thank you. We thank you. As we commit ourselves into your hands afresh today. Whatever derails from walking in your will and in your purpose, we stand against it in the name of Jesus. We declare for everyone a new season. We declare that God orders your steps into the fullness of what he has in mind for you. Amen. Let it happen for Jesus. You will always be at the right place at the right time. Amen. You will walk in the fullness of God's plans and purposes. Whatever has been written concerning you in his book shall come to pass in your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Whatever God has placed in your hand will not be missing in your hand. Amen. Everything that he has placed in your hand will grow in your hand. In the name of Jesus. The God who is the Alpha and Omega. It will watch over your steps. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And I declare over you today. That your ears are open. Spiritual deafness has come to an end. In the name of Jesus. Spiritual blindness has come to an end. In the name of Jesus. You will see prophetically. You will walk in divine understanding great thoughts will come into your mind divine ideas are your portion this week in the name of jesus my god will order your steps into the fullness of his plans and purposes in the name of jesus my god shields you from strange counsel in the name of the lord jesus you will not believe a lie in the name of jesus christ lying tongues shall be far from you Receive grace to discern lying tongues. In the name of Jesus. You will not lose money this season. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will not lose your life this season. You will not lose vital relationships this season. In the name of Jesus Christ. My God will guide you. He will lead you. You will continually hear his voice. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, everlasting Father. I just have this word for somebody here. God said, slow down and consult. Slow down and consult. Slow down and consult. I don't know who you are, but God knows you. Some vital financial decisions that you need to make or that you're about to make, and God says, slow, slow down and consult. Slow down and consult. That's what, what, what I hear in my spirit for you, to slow down and consult. And God will guide you to the people that you need to consult. But he said, to tell you to slow down and consult. Yeah. God said, I am the one who manufactures opportunities. So don't let no one put you on the run for you to think that this opportunity will elude you. So slow down, consult, because it's your season to walk with me. And I want to prove to you that I can guide in the right direction. For the person I'm speaking about, as you slow down and consult, you will just realize that God has saved you from something that could have been very, very financially grievous. And I pray over you today that the hold of lying tongues is broken over your life. Amen. As you slow down to consult, my God will awaken, awaken your heart to the right decision. Amen. You will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way walk in it. And Jesus will be glorified in your life in the precious name of Jesus. Can I pray for some-